Welcome to Global Questions by YDS, the podcast breaking down global politics for young people who want to know more. I'm your host, Emma Fabriget. For today's Trailblazer episode, I'm joined with Asha Klein. Once you kind of lower your expectations around those kind of things a little bit, you realize that you've actually opened a door for yourself to have a life that's fulfilling and to be doing something that really makes a difference not only to you, but also to other people. Hi, Asha. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. No worries. Thanks for having me. No, all good. In this episode, we're going to be talking about things like finding meaning and passion in a career path, learning from trial and error, and even questioning the social construct of what success looks like. And spoiler alert, it's not a clear path. Now, Asha, if you want to give us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Well, I am currently studying uh, secondary education at the University of Sydney, studying to be an English teacher, um, which is going okay. And I uh, went to high school at Emmanuel School in Randwick, uh, graduated there in 2016. And I actually then took a gap year and then went uh, to UTS to do a double degree in communications and a thing called the Bachelor of Creative Intelligence. Um, but I only did that for one year. And then I was kind of in a bit of a muddle. And then I eventually landed on uh, doing this, doing a high school English teaching. So you finished high school and you go on your gap year. Can you tell me about your gap year and what you learned and why you even took it? Yeah, sure. So I uh, actually kind of had two parts to my gap year. The first part was I spent five months uh, in Israel uh, doing IBC, which stands for Israel by Choice, uh, which is an Israel program. It kind of just uh, was for Jewish kids to meet other Jewish kids and explore Israel and, you know, do a lot of volunteering and uh, learning and education. And uh, that was really valuable. Uh, and then the second part of my gap year was I spent three and a half months with uh, two of my best mates traveling around Europe, learning how to be independent, making lots of mistakes and, you know, learning how to do laundry properly and cook properly and all that kind of jazz, which was really fun. Honestly, I'd say it was at the moment, the best year of my life so far. But the reason I took the gap year was that when I left school, I mean, I always knew that I was going to take it, but I knew that when I left school, I wouldn't want to go straight into uni, into that kind of structure that, you know, you have all the time in high school. I wanted something that was a little bit more self-guided, a little bit more uh, independent. And so I always knew I was going to take this gap year. And when I finished year 12, uh, it was even better because I really, really didn't feel like I'd kind of learned enough about myself and about life to really just go straight into another institution. So that was the main reason that I took the gap year and uh, it was really fruitful and I, I really did learn a lot. Not only about, I mean, obviously about Israel and about all the things that I was actually going to, in inverted commas, learn about, but I also learned a lot about myself and kind of what I like and what I don't like and about relationships and about how to live uh, outside of high school, which can sometimes be tricky when you're actually in a high school system to imagine what life is like once you're out. And I think that a gap year really gave me a sense of what real life was like, you know, when you're not <laughs> having to work and go to university, which is what real, real life is like. But yeah. Yeah. And it also seems like because you went on a program and you did have that structure and kind of those opportunities put in place, I know a lot of students after high school just go traveling, which is also, you know, so much fun and people experience amazing things. But was that one of the reasons why you wanted to go specifically on a program? Look, the traveling is also, I mean, if you're lucky and privileged enough to be able to go traveling is is super important and is a lot of fun, partly because you never really are going to get the lack of structure and the freedom that you have after school where you don't have a mortgage and you might not have a 
you know, long-term relationship and you don't have car payments, you kind of, you really are untethered in the true sense of the word. And the reason that I went on a program was because you'll quickly realize after the six weeks or having really nothing to do and just kind of being in Sydney after your HSC finishes or whatever, you're going to get bored. I mean, if you're not at work or you're not at university and if you're just kind of mucking around, having nothing to do gets boring pretty quickly. And I think that that more people are kind of coming to that realization after the lockdown that everyone's been through that you'll want to latch onto something slightly more structured. Now, I mean, I already said before that I didn't want to go straight into another institutionalized, structural, rigid situation like university. But the great thing about programs in general is that it gives you that balance between structure and freedom. If you have no structure at all, you're going to end up doing nothing. And if you have too much structure, you'll end up feeling caged in and like you're at school again. Yeah, of course. And then so when you came back from your program and you were in Sydney again, do you feel like coming back from the program, you had more guidance or just more awareness of where you wanted to go? Or how did you feel once you got back? I definitely felt like I knew myself better than when I'd left, but I still did definitely didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I mean, I didn't really know what university would be like and kind of what I wanted to go do in the workforce. I mean, really, it's baffling how we expect 18-year-olds to leave school and be like, yeah, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And of course, they don't, which is why there are all these you know, studies coming out that saying that our generation is going to be have the most different career changes that of any other generation. I think it's something like six career changes. Because we're not in a world where, A, most people are not going to go into university and study something that is going to directly relate to their job. Most people's jobs don't exist at the moment. We're in such a changing industry and world that you really can't know what you want to do. And also, you know, the amount of kind of uh, variety of degrees and of things that you can do is so wide that you're almost paralyzed by the amount of choice that you have when you leave school. So when I came back, I think I knew myself better and I think I definitely was able to cope with normal life stresses better than I probably would have been able to when I first left school. But did I really know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life? No. Little did I know of some of the stuff that I'd done on my gap year would inform later what I would decide to actually study and pursue. And what had made you enroll in that certain degree that you started with? Uh, Originally, I wanted to be an actor. And I had this idea all through high school of, oh, I'll be an actor. And I did drama for the HSE. And I kind of, on my own, just understanding of how the world works, kind of realized that to be an actor with a stable career, you kind of have to be famous. You can be a successful actor with, you know, but you might not have the stability of someone who's famous. If you're in the, for instance, the theater scene in Sydney or something. There are very, very, very few people who are able to live the lifestyle of an actor successfully with a lot of stability without being famous. And I really didn't didn't want to be famous. So I decided not to do that. And I briefly flirted with the idea of being a voice actor because I thought that I could experience the same degree of success and stability without the fame. But then I kind of realized that I just don't think that you have the same stability that you'd have in a, in an inverted commas more normal job. So I went to my careers advisor and I said, I really want something that is creative, but stable. And she recommended that I study communications because she said that communications would mean that I would be able to employ their creativity in terms of, you know, writing different pieces and, you know, in the way that I would express myself. And I'd have the stability because I could get a job at an online newspaper. So I kind of thought, okay, great. I I don't really know what communications is going to be like, and I don't really know what it's going to lead to, but 
it sounds like communications is a more pointed art degree. It's an art degree that can get you a job straight out of the degree, which is what I wanted. So I, I went into the course, went into the first lecture, and I started talking and I was kind of looking around at everyone and everyone was looking very enraptured at the lecturer speaking about, I don't even know what he was speaking about, but I was finding it so boring. I left that lecture being like, have I made a mistake? And is it not too late to pull out and do something else? And I think that I kind of talked myself into staying into the degree because I convinced myself that I didn't really know what the degree was, which was true. I didn't really know what it was. And I thought, you know, this is the first semester of your first year of your first degree. You don't really know what it's going to be like. You've just come off gap year. Maybe you just don't know how to study yet. I kept saying all these different things to myself. And I told myself that I would do the full semester. I'd do at least one semester. And I hated it. I hated the whole semester. And then uh, in the holidays, I thought to myself, okay, maybe it's just the first semester, maybe second semester. Maybe that's where university starts to pick up. And obviously, when you talk to your parents about this kind of stuff, your parents have such different university experiences, you know, saying like, oh, well, I promise you it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. And so I kept thinking, maybe it really does get better, but I'll just, I'll wait in this degree and see if it gets better. And I also did the uh, BCII in between in the holidays, uh, which meant that I got even less holidays and I hated that even more. So I was just having a really, really miserable time in that year after my gap year, because I was in a degree I didn't really want to be in, studying things I didn't really want to study. I think so many people relate to that. I mean, I finished my degree last year in December, but throughout my degree, I would say easily 30% of people I knew from uni changed, including me. I changed from international studies to international relations and politics. Now, that's not a big jump or anything. It's still within the same field. But I know people that went from engineering to medical science. I know people that went from politics to history, you know, and I think the longer that you stay with that feeling of this is not right for me, but I'm just going to do it anyway is never the way to go. Because at the end of the day, if you keep going, you're just going to get into a degree in something that you don't want to work in. So I guess like for you, what was that turning point? Was it speaking with friends? Was it speaking with family? I want to talk about my turning point, but before I do, I just want to say that what you've said, I think really highlights the fact that the system that we've currently got in place for getting kids out of high school and into the workforce, something's going wrong there where it's not working. It's not smooth for anyone, including you, including me. I think we just, that's definitely something that we need to address. And as someone who's currently doing education, it really just kind of upset. But uh, my turning point. So when I was in the second semester of this UTS degree, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting out in the courtyard doing some studying and I got a call from uh, an old kind of uh, acquaintance of mine who is currently working at a manual school, which is where I went to school. Um, and he calls me up and he says that there is a year 10 camp that they're doing, which was at school, my favorite camp. Um, and they're doing it and someone has just dropped out and they need someone really short notice to come up and help them run this camp for year 10s. And that was a camp about self-discovery. And I went to this camp which is called Ayeka, it was about kind of helping these kids find who they are, where they are in the year, connect them to each other. That's kind of funny because that's kind of where you were at, even though you were older, but you were kind of searching for what you actually wanted to do, who you really were. It's a bit Shakespearean like that. But so I went to this camp, had the most amazing time. I remember thinking like, this is actually what I want to do. This ticks 
all the boxes for me, I only realized kind of retrospectively that that was the turning point. I didn't realize it at the time. A first step is, you know, accepting that the degree you're doing is not right for you. But the second step is then acting upon it. So, you know, actually changing the degree or taking a step back and taking some time to think about it. How did you go through that whole process of one, accepting the fact that you needed to do it again? And two, also, you know, there's obviously stereotypes around education, whether it's money related or even like as a gendered career as well. So what was your experience through that? I think it's kind of tricky because my family was extremely supportive in anything I wanted to do, which is on one hand, super good. You know, you always want your family to be behind you. And when I told them that I wanted to quit uni and do something else and to do a different degree or maybe not do uni at all, they were like very much like, yes, that is absolutely what you should do if that's what you want to do, which is great because I didn't have anyone pushing me in any direction. But at the same time, I then felt very much like I was, the choice was up to me. And that was kind of daunting. I remember one time my grandfather was particularly worried about the fact that I was very unhappy in my degree. My grandfather was a panel beater. He basically worked on cars his whole life, but he absolutely loved it. And he said to me, every time I went to work, I was excited to go to work because I liked what I did. And then every time I left work, I was excited to come home because I loved my family. So then if you're not enjoying your job, then you're not enjoying your life. That is fantastic advice. I mean, that conversation was part of the reason that I decided, you know what, I know teachers don't earn enough. And, you know, I was always saying throughout kind of my, from year 11 onwards, I was kind of saying, you know, I really, I I would be a teacher if they earned more. I think that, you know, there's obviously this societal thing in your head, which is like, as a dude, you've got to earn the money. I don't think many people necessarily will outwardly expect that of you, but there's this feeling underneath of like, yeah, I kind of have to support my family in one way or another. And especially as a teacher, it's, there are a lot more female teachers. And so it's kind of not something you, in your head, see as like a thing for yourself. I think I just kind of realized that you want to have a certain lifestyle and there's a certain amount of money that you want to earn. And, you know, I I don't think that I could live my life earning nothing, but at the same time, teachers don't earn nothing. Kind of have to put aside, like, what's more important to you? Is, Is it living in a really big house with a beautiful car or is it going to work every day and feeling like you're doing something important and feeling satisfied and feeling fulfilled, really? I think there's this idea that is kind of thrown around a lot, which is work is a grind so that you can have the weekends off and you can go on these beautiful holidays and that's where you, that's where life happens. I was like, that's kind of, it's really sad to think that like a lot of people go to work, hate their job and just grind and grind in order to have a wonderful, beautiful lifestyle. You know, for some people that works, but I think for me, it was like, I don't, I don't want to do the grind. I'm not, I'm not down to do the grind. I need to do something that I like. And so I think once I got over that hurdle of being wanting to be the breadwinner and also, you know, wanting a, a lifestyle that is, you know, one to aspire towards, once you kind of lower your expectations around those kind of things a little bit, you realize that you've actually opened a door for yourself to have a life that's fulfilling and to be doing something that really makes a difference, not only to you, but also to other people. Um, and that's what I think teaching is. Yeah. That idea of what you just said is actually so powerful for most people. And I think it takes a while for a lot of people to get there, but the moment that you kind of gain clarity on what you love to do and not because what other people would love you to do, that's when you kind of find passion. The whole idea of be passionate about what you're doing and you'll be successful at it. So, you know, like you were saying before, you wanted to be an actor, but you didn't have enough of the passion to dedicate yourself to 
possibly becoming famous. It goes same ways for things that people make jobs out of anything. And, um, university teaches you amazing things and is a great tool to building a career or in, in a path in what you want. Right. But at the same time, it's just that. It's just a tool. And there's so much beyond university that you can learn from. And things like life experiences are one of the most valuable learning tools that you'll ever get. And also just jobs outside of what university teaches you. For example, in my degree, which was international relations and politics, is probably one of the most broad degrees out there. Also like communications and stuff like that, you know. But it really is a degree that's make what you want with it. And it's up to you to create that but you need to be able to go out into the world and do your research and see people that are, have the same passion as you and what they're doing and I think that's really hard if you're just going into university and seeing that as your only path because then you're pretty much just fitting into a box which is tiny when the amount of opportunities like you were saying before are so vast and it can sometimes be a bit too much to handle but at the same time it's like incredible. Absolutely. I mean, I think as well, a lot of people feel like universities are just a place you go to get a piece of paper and get a job. Um, but the best example I have of this is actually my dad went to law school, studied law, became a lawyer, started practicing as a lawyer for a couple of years and then realized he actually hated being a lawyer and dropped out and was like, I don't, I don't really know what to do now. And with the skills that he learned from law, the public speaking skills, the way you can construct uh, things on the fly, he made his own business out of that and now he is a corporate MC and does, you know, conferences around the world. I feel like we should be trying to push uh, students towards that mode of thinking more, which is develop skills. And then if you can make your own job out of it, and if you can't, then go into a more specific kind of training for a specific job. And a lot of university isn't about that. And I think it should be because I think that that's the most valuable part of universities, the skills that you learn, where you learn to apply those skills rather than the actual knowledge that you learn, especially in the age of the internet, when you can really get any knowledge you want at the click of a button. Yeah, that's for sure. And like, kind of like going back to what you were saying before with high school, how you came from like a super structured system, which was pretty much all theoretical. And then you went on a program and you applied pretty much all the theoretical into doing life experiences. I think like university can be that all over again. You know, you sit down, you learn, and the moment you step out of that, it's like, okay, now I have to try and apply what I've learned on paper and then apply it to the real world, which most of the time doesn't translate at all. So you learn these kind of like sometimes outdated information. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there are certain things that you need to go to university for. Like you want to become a doctor, you want to become a lawyer, all of those things. Like you really do need somebody to teach you. But again, like you were saying, with like the internet, you can learn so much off the internet. Like I learn so much stuff off YouTube. The half of my lectures that I wouldn't understand, I would just look up a YouTube video. I would look up, um, what's it called? You, do you know that history challenge with uh, John Green? Is that his name? Oh yeah, Crash Course. Crash Course, yeah. I would watch Crash Course, learn like all the history I needed and then be good, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's honestly true that you can learn so much on the internet. Um, and it's, again, an incredible tool. And then the next thing I wanted to talk talk about with you, because obviously you found out your passion through putting yourself in, situ in life experiences. So whether that was going through a program or accepting side jobs, going on summer, you know, internships or whatever you've done, 
those are quite impressive. Like we talk about those sizes like just casually, but that's actually quite impressive achievements that you've actually done. And to be honest, as a university student, one, it can be easy to put to the side and think that you don't need to do an internship or you don't realize how important it, it is when you haven't done one yet. So like what are supporting tools for finding a passions? Yeah. Okay. Well, I always try to take any opportunity when it comes, if it's possible, because you never really know what you're going to learn or what you're going to get out of any kind of experience. Semi recently, last year, actually in December, January, I got offered to go on an internship. It's called the Brownstone Program. And they just opened it up to uh, people who weren't alumni from that school. And I jumped on that opportunity and I, I wasn't even sure that I'd get in, but I put in an application anyway and I did get in and I was able to go to New York before COVID got crazy. And I was able to teach English in a Manhattan school, which was also totally different to anything else I'd ever done. We don't, we don't realize how different education systems are around the world. I'm not even talking about how different it is in East Timor to Australia, even in America to Australia, it is such a different system there. And I think, again, that really opened my eyes to, I mean, I already knew that I wanted to be a teacher then, but it opened my eyes to what the possibilities were and what that could look like. And, and that was just a fantastic experience. And all of the experiences that I've uh, latched onto and all the opportunities that I've taken they've all taught me something small about, you know, what I like to do, what I don't like to do about myself, about the world. And I think they're all important to take. And so now what are you, what are you doing at the moment? So at the moment I'm, uh, I work as an English tutor. I tutor English. I work at my old school at Emmanuel school, uh, doing informal Jewish education. Um, I'm actually also applying for another, um, program. It's called the Susan Wakel fellowship, which is, um, definitely another opportunity that I'm trying to jump on top of. Last year as well, I uh, helped my old school do their plays and I helped direct the plays purely because they were short on another staff member. And that was really fantastic. And then last week I got to help mark the year 11 drama exams, which is such a fantastic experience. It really teaches you a lot about even just the skill of marking is something that's difficult and being able to do that because I took the first opportunity, I was able to that opened the doors to the second opportunity and that taught me more about life and about my, hopefully my future career. Okay. Well, that's amazing. So thank you so much, Asha, for joining us today. And if people would like to get in contact with you, where can they reach you? Uh, well, thank you first for having me on the podcast. Um, and if they want to get in contact with me, my email is asha at lunch.com.au because that's where I want to be at lunch. <laughs> that was my dog. Thanks for listening to our trailblazer. Make sure to give us a follow so you never miss an episode.